You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about making business personal, and I've got data to back it up. So this episode is just going to be me. It's a solo cast, um, and I'm going to be diving into a sneak peek of some of the big insights that we have to share from the research that we started doing last summer of 2022 uh, with the help of my dear friend, Susan Beyer and her team at Audience Audit. We asked for their help in conducting original research on women small business owners and how they define success for themselves. And we learned all kinds of really great stuff. I, I personally have pretty strong feelings about this, but Naturally, I wanted to gather data to make sure I wasn't going off the deep end and I wasn't making claims that were uh, opinions and being passed off as facts. So that was important to me. Um, And so I'm going to take a, a couple minutes here to share some of our biggest findings. But if you are excited about this topic, we will have all kinds of great stuff for you on the website. So if you go to rain 9 R-A-Y-N-E-I-X, dot com forward slash research. We will have all kinds of great stuff for you. So um, we will have not only access to a beautiful infographic, we're working on getting the full executive summary up for you. We'll have access to uh, our Tableau data visualization and so much more. So definitely keep an eye out. Uh, But in the meantime, here is your presentation, a sneak peek of some of the findings that we discovered in this research. Um, One of the coolest things about the work that Susan and her team does is in doing the, it's a survey that's distributed, right? And in doing this research, they ask questions and collect data in a way that we can derive the attitudes of the people who are being surveyed. And so as we did that, when we are looking at all of the data, we're able to look at it through the attitudinal lens of a couple of segments that were identified. And so um, that's really helpful too, because as we know, as small business owners, um, everyone's not your audience, right? Even when you get really clear on you know, the details of who your audience is, there's still a big part of that. That's the psychographics behind it. And so getting clear on that. So as we did this research, like, yes, we work with women, small business owners, but it's obvious to us that this entire segment is probably not our audience, but there's a section of it that is. So keep that in mind as you think about research and you think about your own business. And hopefully you start to find, um, as you listen to what I'm about to share, uh, find some interesting tidbits here too. So um, of the attitudinal segments, we, like I said, we have three and we have called them the believers, the support seekers, and the parody perceivers. So again, we, we surveyed hundreds of women, small business owners, and this is the data and the findings from, from that. So uh, just to give a little bit of background, the believers, the quote unquote believers, um, don't really care as much about the uh, other's opinions, not in like a they don't care about you, but like it's not going to impact their behaviors. They tend to be the dreamers. They're looking to make a meaningful contribution or a difference in the world. They have a pretty positive outlook on their work, their meaning of life. 
They're very, um, very engaged in the idea of supporting women. They're pretty open-minded and inclusive. Um, they do find challenges in balancing home and work, which we found to be pretty common across the board. And they're also really worried about hiring the right people in their business, which is a pretty common challenge that many of us run into. The support seekers um, tend to feel a lot of pressure to find success. They are not sure exactly how, and they're looking actively looking for some type of support system. There's a lot of feelings of guilt and judgment. They're very much so seeking recognition. Um, and some of the challenges that this, this segment is running into, again, balancing home and work, um, but also being accepted as an expert, being taken seriously as an owner, gaining the respect of their male colleagues, uh, a lot of confidence here, looking well, looking to build confidence. Uh, they're lacking self-care or that that's of concern. Understanding finances is a bit of a challenge. Securing funding is challenging. Um, and again, uh, challenges in finding that right support system and mentorship. And then the third segment we're calling the parody perceivers. So these women tend to be uh, they they're less likely to refer to themselves as being a woman business owner. They're more likely to be com competitive with other women. Uh, they don't feel that women need a strong support system. They aren't necessarily interested in learning from other women. They don't necessarily feel that they need the support of other women. They don't feel that gender is a divider. They feel like men and women are equal in the eyes of society. Um, and they tend to keep their personal and professional lives very separate. Some of the challenges this group is running into, um, they're really struggling with the stereotypes about women in business. They're struggling with incorporating DEI into their work. Um, and also getting the respect of their male employees. And so one of the things that stuck out to us so much about this audience, because it just stands stands alone in a lot of ways, um, in discussion, we were thinking, again, this is a theory, um, that these women, the quote-unquote parody perceivers, may have been on the receiving end of some of these negative stereotypes of women in business um, and because of that, don't want to be identified as a woman in business. Uh, so that's one theory. Uh, these women are also more likely to be lone wolves. They're not really all that interested in actively helping other women. Um, and and again, one of the things that we were thinking through here is um, if if admitting to the fact that there's maybe argue, arguably a gender parity going on here, if they admit to the the lack of parity, uh, then it it might diminish the accomplishments that they make. Right. So the idea that maybe women aren't starting at the same level um, when we achieve the same things by adding the qualifier that we're a woman seems to diminish it. So that's just one theory about these parity perceivers, because, um, again, they just stuck out uh, quite prominently.
another couple of just things about the audiences in general across the board. Um, most of the women that we surveyed are married. Most have children. Most are well-educated. Um, but one thing that we did find that was really interesting uh, was across the across all segments, age doesn't really matter. So as we talk about the believers and support seekers and parity perceivers, we had women spanning all ages and all categories. So age is not really a factor here. And money is also not really a factor here. So we had people that made up to $250,000 and we had people making over $5 million. So we want to make sure that we identify that because it's important to stop thinking about owners in terms of generation. So that's a big thing because so often we're talking about the boomers and millennials and Gen Z, et cetera, we need to stop thinking about them in terms of generation because these perspectives span all ages and they span all incomes. The biggest thing that we are discovering is it's really about mindset. It's about mindset. So you really need to all the owners who are listening. uh, I say this for anyone who's targeting the same demographic as we are, but to anyone really You really need to understand the mindset and the psychological composition of your audience because it's those things that are really going to matter. The demographics are not really, they're not the key here, right? Our Defining Success Workshop series is so much more than just a business workshop. This three-day intensive is a carefully curated exercise in finding clarity in the now, which includes your personal and professional goals. We have four expert speakers that will guide you through what typically takes years to accomplish in just three days' time and will save you roughly $100,000 in investment while we're at it. This will be the best ROI you'll ever make. I pinky promise. Sign up for one of our four Defining Success workshops taking place at Hotel Metro in Milwaukee this year. You can register at rixrixworkshops.com and keep in mind, space is limited. Okay, so back to the research. Um, Reasons that women started their own business. So the top three reasons that across the board, women started their own businesses. Um, The number one reason created a more flexible working environment. Number two reason, they wanted to be their own boss. And number three reason, they wanted to gain over ownership over their time. So again, this is all about flexibility, autonomy, and ownership. That's why women are starting their own businesses. Flexibility, autonomy, and ownership. Now, we did have uh, the believers tend to stand out a little bit more in this category. They are more likely to say they want to create change or make a meaningful contribution in the world um, than the other two segments. But across the board, these are the three biggest reasons. And when it came to, we did obviously ask about money. Um, Making more money came in at number eight. So it was on there. It was not the last, but it wound up somewhere in the middle. Uh, And I think that's worth talking about. It's not that people are starting businesses because they don't want to make money, but it's not their leading driver to start the business, right? Um, Okay. So when it comes to running of the business, we also asked women, um, we asked participants, what makes, what qualities make a woman uniquely suited to own a small business? And the top responses from our survey include Empathy towards customers and clients, listening skills, strong communication skills, problem-solving skills, and emotional intelligence. And only one in five women, one in 
five, say women bring a risk-taking mindset to ownership. But I think that that's interesting because we everything, the all the other top qualities are all focused on emotional intelligence, right? We've got empathy, we've got listening, we've got communication, problem solving, and straight up emotional intelligence. And when we talk about bringing those things into business, I mean, like I said, I believe that we have to make business personal in order to build the lives that we want for ourselves. And especially small business, I, I, I fundamentally believe that business needs to be personal. And these are all interpersonal communication skills, interpersonal skills. So inherently starting a business is risky, right? But it's interesting that only one in five say that women bring a risk-taking mindset to business ownership. So that's that's something definitely to explore a little bit further. Um, I would say, well, not I would say, the data says uh, most of respondents, 70% of respondents, um, believe that there are inherent differences between the way men and women run businesses. And I don't think this is really up for you know, discussion. I mean, it's it's straightforward. And it's not to say better or worse necessarily, but I do think it's really interesting when we talk about uh, the skill sets that are needed to be a good owner and the skill sets that women inherently are very good at. Um, now, that's a stereotype for sure, but we also have data to back it up. Um, so it's just, it's interesting. Like, all of these things that uh, that that women are well suited to bring to the table um, are all benefits. Like there, there's a lot of good things going on here. And when we asked about the top core values that they bring and that they think are necessary to running the business, the top ones they're all it's all very personal. So uh, amongst the top values were authenticity, creativity honesty, kindness, integrity, respect, and communication. Those were all top core values that that respondents said that they felt were necessary to be running a business. And a lot of those things are all the qualities that they also said women tend to be really good at. So I just want to, for all the women entrepreneurs out there listening, if you've been uh, doubting yourself in any way, shape, or form, I encourage you to take two steps back and just take a look at all of the things that you are inherently doing and doing well. Obviously, we always have places to improve upon, but give yourself a break because the things that we naturally bring to the table are really valuable. They're very valuable. And again, I'm going to go back to making it personal, like business, small business specifically needs to be personal. Uh, we also asked our respondents how they feel about defining themselves as a woman business owner. And 92% of them said it was a unique and interesting element of their identity and one that they were proud of. I mean, that's a big number. That's a big number. And it's a big, It's a. I think it's a really big thing to to say that, yes, this is part of my identity and I'm proud of it. So I think that that says a lot about, about the way that we run business. And I'm not, this is not in comparison to 
how men feel or anything like that. This is purely just the data that we have, right? Um, now, as we talk about that, so so the majority of women owners that we surveyed are proud of this. They identify as an owner. They're, they're pumped about it, right? Um, but when we come to defining success, and for anybody who has been following me and, and my rant on the importance of defining success for yourself, I found this to be super interesting. Of those surveyed, only 39% said they were confident in A, having a working definition of success for themselves, and B, that they've aligned it their business to that personal definition of success. So only 39%, which means that there's a lot of women out there that need to take the time to do this work. They need to take the time because, again, I firmly believe we cannot be building, let alone living the lives that we want if we don't define success for ourselves first and then leverage our business to align with that definition. Now, for those out there who are like, how do we define success for ourselves? That's great. A great question. And how long does it take? Well, according to our survey, um, one in six women business owners said that it took them about one to two days to get really clear and define success for themselves. But if you're like, that sounds crazy. I'm never going to, that's never going to be me. I can also say that 21% of those surveyed said it took longer than three years. So it's really, truly a personal and very individualized journey. Um, And the majority of those surveyed also said that their personal definition of success has changed at least a few times. So it's an evolution, right? Figure it out, have a starting point, and then be okay with the fact that that might change. Now, in the ways that women defined success for themselves, 70% so the the number one way that women defined success for themselves was owning their own time or schedule. So this shouldn't be surprising because again, as you remember, the top three reasons for starting their business, flexible working environment, autonomy, ownership of time, right? So we go down here again and we're back to the, the number one definition of success is owning time. It's owning time. And then we also have top contenders being able to work how and when they wanted. So that was a close second. Spending quality time with loved ones, their general happiness factor. And then we did have financial independence coming in as a, that was one, two, three, and as the number five element here. It's also worth noting that winning awards and becoming any level of famous We're both last on this list. So what does this tell us? This tells us, according to this research, that women are not only starting their businesses because they want flexibility over their work environment, autonomy, and time, but they also reflect these things in the way that they define success, right? So owning their time, doing the work they want when they want, spending time with the people they care about, and and valuing happiness. I think I just want to call that out. That makes me happy to hear that happiness is important when defining success. And I think I know that might sound silly, but so often we hear that women are struggling with self-care or they're struggling with in purpose or they're struggling with, uh, you know, emotional stability in some ways. So it's I'm happy to hear that happiness is a priority so that I think that's great. Now, when we come to supporting women, 
supporting other women. So uh, 80% of the women owners that we surveyed said it's extremely important or very important to hire and develop other women in their industry. So that's encouraging. So we're seeing a lot of women say, yep, it's time to pay it forward. And they're doing something about it, right? Um, Now, unfortunately, our parity perceivers are statistically less likely to say it's extremely important, um, which is slightly disappointing, but that's my opinion. Um, and we're also seeing about three and four are Earth, about 75% are intentionally hiring and developing other women in their industry. So this is exciting, right? So we're seeing the majority of people say it's important to uh, to pay it forward. And then we're seeing about the same percentage actually doing it, right? So so this is encouraging. We are, what I'm going to insert my own opinion in here. Um, one of the things I so desperately want to see change in this space, and it's, it is changing, but it still has a long way to go, man, is the mindset of there's there's not enough room for everyone. Of the mindset that it's, it's me or her, and it can't ever possibly in any way, shape, or form be both of us, which is so not true. It's just not true. And the reality is that in the past, you know, there's been the conversation of, oh, there's only so many seats at the table. Um, and, you know, there's only enough room, you know, in theory, for one woman to be at this table. Well, one of the things that entrepreneurship allows for us all to do is to create our own tables, right? And I think that's in some ways what this data is showing is that women are seeing that it's important to embrace and develop other women, and then they're actually doing something about it. So the fact that these are all owners who are taking the survey and the majority of them are all actively hiring and developing talent in their industry women talent in their industry is encouraging. So I just want to applaud all the ladies out there helping other women. So good job. Um, now, the, the last big section here is ways that we can better help women owners succeed. Like there's a lot of things we're doing really well, but how can we continue to improve? And what are the areas that we're we're seeing that are big struggles? What we saw from our research was we need to bring in help when it comes to funding and financial literacy. This is not surprising. We know that there are incredibly small numbers of funding that get um, allocated to women-owned businesses. So we need to create support and programming around that, but we also then need to create support and programming to understand the financial elements of what happens with that money, right? Or any of the money. So just basic financial literacy um, was something that ranked really high in terms of something that women said that they need help with. Um, And that's something that we're really trying to work on specifically with um, our Defining Success Workshop series and the 100 Collective. We're making uh, very specific moves to partner with financial professionals to make that education um, more front and center for the women in our communities. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing, simple, and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow, and making our lives so much easier. 
Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Uh, the next big thing, <sighs> ladies, this breaks my heart. Um, exit planning is not front of mind. And I think this is something, this is worth a much larger conversation. You know, when we, and just to clarify, when we talk about exit planning, this is also known as succession planning, et cetera, right? So, so often when we talk about in entrepreneurship, we, you always hear people say, plan for the end in mind. The reality is you're, we are all going to exit our businesses at some point. We're either going to die or we're going to more intentionally leave at some point, right? That's, the, that's an exit. So creating a succession plan for what happens when any of those various scenarios comes to fruition is just good business strategy, right? And from our research, only 17% of the women that we surveyed claimed that they definitely have a plan for exiting their business in the future. And this is a problem because we know that you need to be planning years in advance to to successfully exit, right? Only I think it's about 30% of businesses that go to exit or go to sell right now successfully exit. So that's that's something that we need to keep in mind. And, and just know too that an exit doesn't have to be a sale. An exit can be a liquidation. An exit, you can close down in a lot of different ways, right? Um, but you're leaving your business. Uh, and for those of you listening who don't have a thought in mind about how you may leave your business someday, I encourage you right now to start thinking about that because it will fundamentally shift the way you run your business right now. I mean, everything down from down to the technologies that you choose, the hires that you make, the the you know um, SOPs that you build, everything that you're doing right now, you could be saving yourself a lot of time in the future by already increasing the value of your company now. And if you think about your desired exit strategy at some point, um, that will influence the way that you operate right now, whether you believe it or not. Uh, and whether you're aware of it or not. So we really need to start thinking about what our game plan is. And that could be 100 years from now. That could be five years from now. That could be 12 months from now, right? A lot of things happen that require expedited exits. Um, so the more you can get yourself prepared for that, the better, you know, whether it's death of a family member or unexpected death of yourself, uh, divorce, um, there's all kinds of things that pop up, right? So we we need to be thinking about this. It's just being a smart business owner, right? Uh, the other thing that uh, came up was that we could help women business owners with is mindset shift. So uh, I think one of the things that we should bring to light here is it's one thing to be starting a business and run your business 
And then at some point, somebody says, oh, you should have a coach because I hear that that's a good thing, right? I think it would be far more effective for owners and want-to-be owners to start coaching first, get that healthy mindset first before jumping headfirst into business. So yes, I am a coach. I'm not I'm not saying like, you should listen and hire me. And I have a lot of friends who are coaches and they're wonderful and they're amazing humans. And I have a coach. Um, I can't speak highly enough to the power of a good coach. I have also had bad coach experiences. Those can be equally detrimental. Um, So find the right coach for you, right? Find the right coach. It's going to be worth your investment. I promise you that. Um, Because... There's so much mindset work that happens in coaching. Everything from just finding different frameworks to how you can manage stressful situations, um, learning the power of reframing. I mean, man, it's amazing what you can do when you reframe, whether it's understanding like money, like reframing your perspective on money or time or the opinions of others or various stigmas depending on where you are in your your business journey uh there's just there's a lot of power behind behind all of this and then the last thing that we realized from the survey that women are craving is community and and again that's not surprising especially after the last couple of years you know we've all been through the ringer <laughs> we have um and i will say too in my personal experience recently um i've had a lot of women just say how much they really want to meet and meet in person like we're just craving that uh, that connection. And so that's also one of the reasons why we are launching at the end of this year, the second half of this year, we're launching a mastermind program. And then we just also recently launched the 100 Collective to try to create, again, communities. These are digital communities, but communities nonetheless for women entrepreneurs. So that's a, a little bit of a rundown of what we found Um, Again, if you're interested in learning more, check out more of the details and the downloads, et cetera, that we have to share at rain9, R-A-Y-N-E-I-X.com forward slash research. Um, And then you can also obviously follow us on, uh, follow rain9 on LinkedIn and Instagram. That's where we'll be sharing like little snippets of the data. Um, And again, if any of this sounds of interest to you and and you're looking for a community or you're looking for anything like that, uh, definitely feel free to reach out to me. Um, And yeah, that's a little snapshot of our research. Thank you so much to Susan Beyer and her team at Audience Audit for all of their hard work on this. Um, And I'll give a shout out to my team because uh, we've done a lot of work as well to get this to market. So we're really excited. um, And hopefully you find some juicy nuggets in here. That's all. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.